welcome to the Hunters Hub. This is your host, Fortuan, joined by co-host um, Sasha. Sorry, I, threw, I was going to say Pan. Pan's not here. So, hey, Sasha. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How uh, are you? Good. Uh, I, I screwed up myself on the intro there, but I think we'll be fine. <laughs> and then uh, filling in for Pan because she's out sick tonight is my brother Chance. How you doing? Pan. You can refer to me as Chance. It's fine. See, that's mm, mm, doing the other stuff. You keep flipping back and forth between what you call people. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he knows me better as Cham, so that might probably happen a lot when we're talking. Um, but yeah. And Sasha might know me more as Fort. I don't know. Or as Cham. I don't I don't. It's going to be weird tonight. Uh, this is the first time Chance has been on the main show. Uh, if you guys listen to the um, magic uh, show that we do, the set reviews, Chance is uh, my co-host for that, along with our good friend Matt. So if you haven't seen him before, here he is. <laughs> I've been on the main show, but it was pre-Rise. That's right. That was true. Yes, we did talk about that Star Wars movie, that one episode. Um, which one? Which that was the last one, wasn't it? It was episode twelve or, or nine, whatever. Oh, I have no idea. We were just talking about. Um, I remember talking about Actosome being like a phoenix, and speculation. I guess at that point, might have had a, you on in a, another episode or so. Maybe it's hard to remember. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about. Um, some licensed games that we would like to see. I th I thought we'd be one of the ideas I had is like talk about our favorite licensed games, but um, kind of evolved into like what would we actually like to see? Because it you know like favorite licensed games could be a discussion too, but um, I don't know. Just the conversation that, that Chance and I had about what we should talk about kind of evolved more into like. Well, what's what would we look forward to that would come from a licensed property? Um, and some of these are going to be pretty easy to uh, to see coming because there's a lot of popular ones that already have games, but we might still be within those properties. Like for instance, like Star Wars. I know I have a Star Wars game on mine. There's all sorts of Star Wars games, but you know maybe we just want to see it represented better or something like that. Um, and actually, I gotta pull up the discord put in the link still <laughs> so um i know it was a short notice because we we had a we had a little problem finding a uh, topic today but somehow you managed to still get 10 sasha i, I don't know how you did that <laughs> i i told you i cheated kind of so i sat in front of my bookshelf yeah. and i like gazed at all of my my books and what type of nerdy shit would i really like to see in a video game and i kind of made a list with on the left side was a column of what i want to see in a video game uh and on the right mm -hmm. it was in what style of video game i would like to see that license okay yes yeah, that's a that's that's kind of close to what I did. Uh, I basically on the left said the IP, and on the right, um, a short description of what I would like to see. It's way more structured um, than what I did. I just had like very specific line items. That was it. <laughs> um, so uh, we're gonna do five a piece. But if uh, you know, if if you have to talk about more of them, 
Sasha? We we certainly can. I don't think we're going to be strapped for time today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we have time. Or if they can just be, like, honorable mentions. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I struggled with the five. So just to, just to kick it off, Chance, how about you start us out tonight? What is your first licensed game that you would like to see? There's been plenty of Star Wars games, but I really want to see something kind of more in the line of Diablo-style ARPG for Star Wars because you know, we've had Diablo 2 and we've played Grim Dawn and all these other things, and Star Wars has mm-hmm. such a big universe that a very large ARPG with a set story, but the opportunity to do something like... There's been some games, like even... I remember a Game Boy game that touched on some variety of like force powers, playing as Luke and running from Tauntauns. But there yeah. just feels like there's a lot of unexplored area with like a huge, massive skill tree based on choosing a bounty hunter. And there's there's games that I feel like scrape the surface with a lot of that. Sure. And I'd really appreciate, you know, the immersive you can play a thousand hours in this kind of game style with that, where there's a lot more to do. Maybe not like the star charts and stuff that we see for Grim Dawn, which feel overbearing. Now, have you played, Sasha, you, you've played a couple of ARPGs. Have you played Grim Dawn? I have not, but it keeps popping up on my, not your favorite platform, but Steam keeps popping up recommended yeah. to me. Yeah, it's got a, um, pretty intense um, passive system where you like devote yourself to the gods and put like for every point like in a, in a constellation just to explain a little bit um, to you in the audience and, and we get these it's like a separate level like every time you level up you get points in a skill tree that's pretty normal you do that in Diablo or you know or Diablo 3 you get another rune essentially or something like that um Grim Dawn, you get like those, but then you have to go do these specific, like pray at this altar or do a challenge at this altar, and you get a little point that's like separate, and that's like a whole different passive thing. It's like, hey, you can get like percent extra lightning damage, or you can get like resistance to bleeding, and like all this crazy passive stuff that you can do. Um, but it's rather complex because you're basically looking up the night sky, and there's all these constellations, and you're like, which one do I pick? for my build and yeah you only can pick so many so um but yeah there would be a lot in star wars especially the force to especially even just using the movies now let alone some of the stuff that's expanded in other games yeah it just seems like a, a neat thing that we just don't have definitely a polished version at all of because we've been playing diablo 3 for what did you say nine years now and yes and we picked it up pretty hard the past two weeks so there's just it feels like i would really desire and it's something else to really dig into that's like done well and polished well because i think that's just an issue of arpgs in general is you know one a kind of contender for this was wilson but it was kind of a mess when it first came out and it it was bearable at the time like i don't it was not they had passives, Up until... like keystone passives, like you, you're you working to this as your most powerful thing that just didn't function when I unlocked one of yeah, them. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. 
Yeah, it was like your whole build was like, I'm going to build this whole thing around this thing right here that I'm going to put my points into. And it turns out there was a bug that it just plain yeah. didn't work. And we're like, what, what, what's going on? It's like you spend magic power to get wrath, which is like combat power. And it kind of pushes and pulls back and forth. And you can just be someone who's completely devoted to using attack skills and magic skills instead of doing the normal gig of magic basic attacks generate magic power and physical basic attacks generate the wrath. So you can just like only be using mm-hmm. skills and try to like yo-yo back and forth. And then, yeah, patch notes, this doesn't work. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was doing any damage. That's nice. Yeah, nice to nice to confirm that it was entirely broken. But yeah, like a big system <laughs> where you can kind of choose stuff and maybe there's not a huge need to like choose a class or something. You know, there is spar- sprinkling of the idea that almost anyone can be force attuned. So maybe you start as a bounty hunter and end up deciding that you want to force choke people because you're just that kind of an angry person. <laughs> nice. Man, could you imagine if Boba Fett had bounty hunt like like force abilities? He'd actually be useful. <laughs> he, well, he came back to life, so maybe that's a force ability. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so Star Wars ARPG. So Sasha, what's what's uh, first on your docket? Um. Okay, I'm gonna go with. You know, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be myself if I didn't talk about Bioware in some way. So mm-hmm. I was thinking along the lines of what what would I really like to see done in the style of a Bioware game like Mass Effect or Dragon Age. Um, and what I came up with was uh, a comic line called Saga. It's done by Image Comics. Mm-hmm. And it is... Uh, it's one of my favorite comic lines. Uh, it came out, it was published starting in 2012. Um, and it ran, it is actually still published right now, but I have not caught up on it. And it is kind of thinking like Star Wars meets Romeo and Juliet meets like Game of Thrones. It's very political in space. And it's kind of, it's like these two races are star-crossed um, and they have a baby against all nature and it causes this major galactic war. So it has all the ringings of a Bioware game and all the, the politicking and talking and choosing a faction and you can be, I think I could see them going down the route of like the Paragon Renegade system that's in Mass Effect. Um, as well as the party management system in Dragon Age of making choices that might piss your party members off and they don't want to stay with you any longer. So, oh, okay. yeah. So I, I envision this very political, heavy, dramatic party RPG game where you can pick to be kind of like a, a soldier type character, but it would be probably, probably like Han Solo like a space bounty hunter um, or they also have these assassins called, they have these weird names called like the will um, and R- the wrath and they all are different alien species. So I think that that would be really cool to incorporate as well into the game and into all the story and the lore. So yeah, I would be really yeah, geeked. I've, 
I've been looking at some of the... I just looked it up and went Google Images and looked at some of this stuff. Wow, this is some weird stuff. Um, also, there's a lot of breastfeeding on, on these pictures. Yes, so that's part of kind of where um, it was... I don't want to say controversial, but when it first came out, uh, a lot of the covers were very uh, centered heavy on the female body and pregnancy and the body horror related to that. Um, As a person who has produced a a child, I can attest to the body horror that is associated with all of those images. Um, Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I, I was on the other side of that, obviously, but I have two kids, and, and yeah, there was a lot of uh, changes that go on, we'll say. Yeah, and I, um, I would love to see the art style actually done similarly to how it's done in the in the comics. So Fiona Staples is the artist. She does this really beautiful, like, bubbly, almost like pop art kind of stuff, and the type of content that she's drawing juxtaposed to the art style makes it very interesting to me so i would really love to see that as well in the game it looks really interesting actually I, I, the only thing i found that i was just like there's like these spider people that that popped up on the image feed they have like uh six eyes and apparently they have like a spear tongue because it was just spearing the dude in the shoulder <laughs> So oh, like, that cow. is That's so she is rough. one of the um, one of the assassins, and mm, okay. Oh, I just I can't recommend this series enough for people who like comic books, who like epic space operas, who like drama. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's my first one. Definitely looks interesting. I I might check that out. If they do compilation things, that's normally what I like to do. Is I get like a big book of, like, this is volume like one through whatever. I don't really care to get the daily comics because I'll lose them. Yeah. So they have they have the volumes with the like one through five, five through ten, or six through ten, and then they also have compendiums now because it's been out for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll look into that. That looks kind of cool. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a good suggestion, especially for a Mass Effect uh, uh, game. I could see that working really well because of the it uh, they, you don't see a lot of that political intrigue just by an overview look. But I could I could understand how that would be appealing because that is what Mass Effect is space opera, so just like Star Wars. Um, so I'm gonna continue in the space uh thing and i'm gonna stick with uh what sean started out with star wars and mine's really simple i just want another rogue squadron <laughs> they haven't done that since like what the gamecube days was the last one as far as i remember there's one that was more recent than that i think they just re-released it and it's in on game pass they did i forgot about that that yeah so I've heard good things about that, but that that sounds, you know, I don't know. I might be wrong on that one. I I might I I I I I actually have it. I actually own it on one of the platforms. I never played it. Um 
because we did uh, for one of the shows uh, for Bickering Bucks, we did the uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and there was a deal that you got Jedi Fallen Order with the Rogue Squadron game for like fifty bucks, and I was like, well, since Jedi Fallen Order is normally fifty bucks. I'll just pay the same amount of money and get two games. How about that? So that's what I did. So yeah, I forgot about that game. But I I I remember the Rogue Squadron on on N sixty four very fondly. Um, I have it on GOG. However, it doesn't work well on the PC, and I'm starting to realize that it didn't really work well in general. <laughs> And I just sort of can't get my head around the controls that well. And it wasn't really that wieldy to begin with because it was an N64. And if you guys remember, the three-prong nightmare controller that the N64 was. Um, so I can't remember if this game even controlled that well to begin with. So it's just kind of been like, eh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I haven't been able to get into it, but... Yeah, I have heard decent things. I, I actually watched a review on it. I, I can't believe I forgot about that. But yeah, I'd like to see another Rogue Squadron, but maybe a little more, I don't know, single-player based. I think the new one is very much more multiplayer, uh, online kind of thing. The The original Rogue Squadron was very mission-heavy. It did not have a lot of story. It was just like, hey, go out do this mission. And they were complex and really cool. I remember one of the missions I really liked. Uh, you were in some sort of cavernous planet, and you were basically like flying through a bunch of canyons, and you were a, a Y-wing, a Y-bomber, and you were just trying to bomb Imperial bases hidden in these canyons. And it was really fun because you're like trying to. You're such a slower ship than everything else, and you're just trying to find ways to lose them in these canyons and then also bomb them. So I, I, I don't know. I'd like to. I'd like to feel that again. Feel like a, an eighth Star Wars pilot again. You might get your wish. You see, you Google Rogue Squadron. They're talking about a movie for twenty twenty three. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I hadn't heard about that. I hadn't either. Um, but it says plot kept under wraps centers on the Rebel Alliance Starfighter Squadron from the Star Wars film. Director Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you might get your wish. Because with a movie, typically comes a video game. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> Always a good one. Alrighty. Uh, so, what's uh, what's the second one for you, Chance? We're going to go to a game that we actually played. We played Lord of the Rings War in the North. And I'm specifically mm -hmm. calling this out as, I just want them to do it again and do it better. Like, a lot better. It that's true. Played it on it was some serious jig. It's actually Cham, myself, and our father actually played with us, which is kind of a funny thing for a game to be like three player being the optimum. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, it, it was cool. Yeah, but I think they kind of lost themselves and like, oh, we've got this these graphics now that they can really kind of show some stuff off. But it was kind of early, and some of those graphics looking nice, and it really just looked like a mess. It was one of those games. I, if I remember, you were also Diet Gimli, Diet Aragorn, and Diet Legolas, if I remember Oh, yeah, correctly. you're just, like, random people, and you definitely felt like you're, I'm a dwarf with an axe, but who are you? Mm. Some Not guy. Gimli. That's who I am. 
not Gimli. <laughs> like it was. I remember that. that was yeah. A, maybe there was an elf sorceress. I don't remember, but I remember there being three characters, and mm-hmm. it was just an honest attempt, but not like a success. I think it. The combat was very interesting. It had that feel, but I think it suffered from. Oh, what was that game? Uh, Age of Conan, where. Yeah. You had individual armor pieces and stuff, but it just didn't impact your look enough ever. I, I feel like I'm fine with, here's your character, this is what your character looks like, as long as that's the upfront supposition. But I feel like mm-hmm. they kind of ended up not bringing it all the way home and gave you a little bit of a feature that I would have been happier with it being left out. Right. But yeah, that was like a game, an action game that was a little more than like this movie-based games that just felt like a hack and slash that you really didn't have any technique or thought to it. And I'd just like to see better attempt, a little more interaction, maybe a storyline that maybe you play as people from a bigger story or maybe characters that don't get shown off in movies and stuff to give them a chance to shine. But it just definitely felt like you were random nameless people doing something almost unimportant. Right. Yeah, that game is weird. I do remember hitting a lot of barrels to get stuff, get loot. Oh, normal tactics. A lot tactics. of barrels got destroyed. Cat left. <laughs> Alright, uh, so Sasha, what's your second one? Um. So I'm going to go with something I would kind of like to see done better, um, which is a Game of Thrones game. Um, there are two mm-hmm. different Game of Thrones video games that are out right now. Um, one of them is the Telltale game, which I guess if you like Telltale games, if that's your style of game, I think it's pretty good as far as Telltale games are concerned. It's very depressing, yeah. so, you know, be prepared for that. <laughs> um, the other one is... Uh, it's just called Game of Thrones. came out in 2014. Um, I played it on the Xbox, but I do think it came out for PC uh, as well. And that one is less than desirable. Um, so in that one, it's episodic, and you kind of play... It's not really open world. You have chapters, and alternating chapters, you change point of view. So with one of the characters, you are a... You are a member of the Night's Watch. You're actually a pretty pretty badass member of the Night's Watch, I have to say. But it's a made-up character who doesn't exist in the books at all. Um, and he has, a, he has a dog that he works into. So that's his like special power. And then there is another character that you switch to who is a red priest. So you have magic. And you definitely do not mm. want a fist fight at all. Um, so there mm. were some problems with that game. Um in terms of like it, it wasn't was not a very technically sound game. Was not enjoyable. I think each time that I failed in something, it was not because of my skill, but because something was wrong with the game. Um, reading people's reviews of it, that seemed to be consistent across all players. There were yeah. there were some pleasant things though about it. 
Um, if you are a fan of the books, it is very much a love letter to the book lore rather than the TV show lore. So there was very heavy. You're sure. going to see a lot of characters that aren't in the show, but if you're you know you know your book stuff very well, it was it was good. So I would like to see that type of game improved. And the way the way I'd like to see it improved on is I'd rather see it done as an open world, like a sandbox style game um, where you kind of need to, you're going to make your character, you need to kind of commit to something, whether you do pick the, um, you become a red priest or you become a brother of the night's watch, or you become one of the, one of the knights, knights of the realm or whatever you want to do. And you got to commit to the warrior Mm -hmm. class or sorcerer, whatever. I personally would want to play as like an Arya Stark type character. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'd like to see something along the lines of like, kind of like in Fallout where you have factions and you have reputation with those factions and the decisions you make can affect your ability to go in certain areas, the way that characters interact with you. If you're able to trade with them, attack you on site, that type of stuff. Okay. All right. Um, I was trying to think. I, I'm not as familiar with the the Game of Thrones lore and that kind of thing because I I was only uh, heavily influenced to watch the show because of my brother here and my parents. Um, I didn't really enjoy it all that much, and honestly. I say season eight saved it for me, but that's because I had that one elated moment where I actually predicted something for once. Um, But not really. I mean, overall the show was a little too rough for me, a little too dark. Uh, But like, uh, I would have liked to see a lot more dealing with the dire wolves and stuff like the diet, like that's always been my focus is like sort of the fantastical creatures and stuff. And they get into a little bit about that in, in the the show, but the dire wolves, like as, as powerful as they are, they get killed off pretty quickly and in, in the show a lot. Yeah. So I have to say, I think that's the best part of the 2014 game is when you play as the brother of the night's watch, you warg into your dog. And there are certain things that you, certain parts of the story that, are inaccessible or is secret. You wouldn't get to know it if you didn't warg into the dog to do it. It's very mm. much like point of view of Bran if you read the books. Hmm. Okay. Yes. So Bran Stark being the the the. He's which one is Bran? He's the one that's crippled. Yes. Yes. And he okay. in the books he you get POV of him warging into Hordor, into the direwolf, into a raven. Yeah, you get to see all that good stuff. I have to say that is the one thing from Game of Thrones I still do is is hold the door. <laughs> I, I still all the time make that reference. Because it's fun. <laughs> Although it was a very emotional episode, I would say. It was probably one of my highlights of the whole show was the realizing what happened to Hodor kind of thing. And then him holding the door. And you're like, holy crap. <laughs> holy crap. That is that is some that is some loop there. Well, I liked it a lot. That, that was one of my highlights of the whole show for me. Um, 
So I'm also going to follow up Chance on this one because we both had Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Obviously, we're brothers. We like a lot of the same stuff, so it happens. But I think this is going to be the last time we cross over, so I might as well just get it out of the way. Um, so I want to see, and this is this is another one. I know this has been done, but I want to see it done again. And this is uh, Lord of the Rings, The Shadow of Mordor games. Now, we talked about this with the Achievements one, or did we? I don't know. We talked about it recently. Shadows of Mordor. I don't remember why, but we did. I did Platinum that game. That my, might be why I set, set it in the Achievements, but I didn't... Yes, uh, I think that is when we talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'd like to see another one. I'd like to see one where they fix the Nemesis system where it isn't so, um, let's say, greedy where you pay for things to get things out of the nemesis system. I would say as far as like a game mechanic as as far as like randomly generated enemies, the nemesis system is probably the most favorite thing I have ever seen in a game as far as like that kind of AI and and like like I don't know, technical stuff in a game in that sense because having like these unique they feel everyone feels unique even though it is just a certain like 15 or so traits that are swapped between them. They all feel unique. They all have these really cool names. They feel like real orcs. Like this could definitely be an orc. Like this 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 definitely feels like like some sort of like fantasy brutish humanoid. Um the names they give them and stuff. And I, I would like to see another Shadow of Mordor where A, um, they don't they aren't so greedy on the Nemesis system and you actually had to pay for some of the parts of the mechanic, which was dumb. Um, I never did, but like, it felt weird that they were like, Hey, if you pay $20, you'll get this super special orc. And it's like, but if they're all randomly generated, why would I want to pay for an orc if they're randomly generated anyways? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Just give me the random one, I guess. Uh, but they I don't know. It was like loot boxes for orcs, I think is what the problem was. And, um, it feels really weird, really weird. But, uh, I'd also like to see a story that isn't so, I don't know, batshit insane uh, in comparison to what the normal Lord of the Rings stuff is. Granted, it's all fantasy. I get it. But, like, I still can't get over that Shelob was a humanoid that was, like, Sauron's lover, according to this lore. And it's just like, no. She's a spider. <laughs> I just, can we get away from the weirdness of, like, that kind of stuff and just get back into some, like, basic fantasy stuff? <laughs> I have some news about Saga, if you plan on reading that, and the Spider-Woman. <laughs> okay. I will be prepared, I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, it's just, like... Uh, it's weird. Uh, it's it's it's. I I just think it was weird that they shoehorned her having like a really overdone like humanoid female pose as far as like or not pose but like uh, form I should say. And it's just like no, she just she just was a spider. I've listened to the books. I've seen the movies multiple times. There's nothing about Shelob that made her more important than that crazy thing that lives in Mordor that kind of, you shouldn't go that way into Mordor. You'll just get killed. So I don't know, but I think, uh, Lord of the Rings is a worthy 
series to keep dipping into, just like Star Wars for a game. And there's a lot there. There's a lot that the movies and the books haven't touched, even with you know the extensive amount of content that comes out of the the Lord of the Rings series. I mean, they touched on some of the Cimmerillion stuff in um, the Hobbit movies, which is part of the downfall for me. Of course, the Hobbit movies also made some really weird decisions, in my opinion. But I still don't like the worms, the stupid orc cavalry on giant worms and then get to the battle and the worms just go away like why wouldn't you just ride the giant worm into battle like this this doesn't make any sense it got you here it's not like a worm taxi (laughs) well i don't know but yeah i'd like to see another shadow of mordor game Uh, i don't know if we're going to get any more uh but i haven't heard anything about anymore but i'd like to see it I'd like to play more in that series. And even though Shadow of War wasn't as good as Mordor, um, still good. I still played it. I didn't complete that one, though. I did not platinum that one. There was something in that one that was just like... That was one of those... When we talked about achievement hunting, Like I saw the achievement, I looked at it, and I was like, nope, this isn't worth it. I'll play the game and be done. I, I don't I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, nope, that's, that's, that's out of my range. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so um, we'll move on to number three. So, Chance. So, I went to the world of board games. Then, group of friends I've been playing some, mm-hmm. what I would say, serious board games, as in probably board games that take themselves too seriously. And there's a hideously large one called Twilight Imperium. And to kind of... I have never seen this game to a completion. I have participated in three games. None of them have completed. Yeah, about seven hours, and you're halfway through and realize you can't stay up long enough. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great game. It's got this nice little scene of you have a little starting area, you pick a race, you have this your home world, you're going to go out and kind of explore the stars and take over this central, larger, more important political planet called Mechatol Rex. And there's this, once someone takes it, you get this political aspect of the game that people are voting on policies like, oh, we're penalizing everybody for warships. So we'll vote that maybe everyone who has a warship has to sacrifice half their warships or our other resolution possibility could be not that. So it's a really cool, really intricate game and it takes a very, very long time to play. I did look. It seems like there's some Mm -hmm. unofficial video games for this, but a very clean, official, just representation of the board game would be amazing. Because you're taking out, you know, the content and the pieces of having a, I want to say about $150 board game that probably takes four feet by four feet just for the board comfortably. And then you need about... Mm -hmm. 7 by 7 to comfortably have play space for the up to 6 people you can normally play. Right. And, you know, in our experiences, it's been, when I played this game the first time, it took six and a half hours. The shortest time I've ever played, we played a four-person game that was only three and a half hours. But average, you're eight or more. And I feel like the pacing that you can kind of get out of a video game with hey now it's your turn now it's your turn to act kind of stuff would definitely fix a lot of the problems because it has some of the what i consider D problems that we have now that if it's not their turn people might be on their phone and in that long of a game 
every little inefficiency just adds up. And it's not mm-hmm. like a ZD campaign where you can pause it. It's a board game, and you can kind of say, like, we've taken pictures of board states and attempted to replay later, but that's not real. That's a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. It's too complicated. It's way too complicated. I, I will say, it's a heck of a lot of fun once you get to, like, know what you're doing. It just takes, like, an hour and a half to figure out what you're doing, and then once you figure it out, then you're like, okay, now I know where I'm going with this. And then you're like, holy cow, we aren't even halfway through. What and the it's crap? such a time investment it, that it's it's like not like you can play every week. Like, that'd be crazy. So we play, like, once every... It's probably been two years since the last time we tried to play when we played recently. And, yeah, you're, like, two hours in, and you're like, oh, we probably could have got this far in ten minutes if everybody remembered what we were doing. So you almost need, like, a prep yeah. game... I'm like, okay, we're always going to bag this early, and then next week is when we play. And I just feel like even something like Tabletop Simulator version would would help a lot. Because it's, re- it's a really great, neat experience. There's all this nice little lore and stuff that come with all of your... Because uh, when you choose a race, you actually get your own play card for that. And on the back, it gives you a whole spiel about who you are. Like this last time, I chose Sultry Nagas accidentally space snake people that uh (laughs) were and you give like personality traits and the personality trait was seductive which is really odd considering they were like a Mm -hmm. warring race that had a lot of benefits for that and like oh i did not want to wreak havoc because a single combat encounter can take up to an hour if dice keep tying or keep getting because you're basically looking to roll high enough of a number to deal damage based on how good the ship is and there's an opportunity that you just stare at each other with two basic ships and roll. We had a five-minute bout, I think, Forever. for, like, two versus yeah. one. Like, oh, we need to roll an eight or better on a ten-sided die. And mm. <laughs> Hey, I never lost Megatol Rex. I stayed there. I claimed it. Because <laughs> you have to, in order to claim a planet, you have to take over the ground units. And, um... I had two different people take over the airspace around it and surround my ground units. And uh, the second one killed all of my ground units, but killed himself in the process. So technically, I still owned the planet. People there but to claim. I had, no, I had no way to get there. I also would like to point out, it's got some really cool races. And Sasha, if you ever get the opportunity to play this with people, I don't know how much you play board games. but um, He likes to play board games high... with me, but this game sounds awesome. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, I got to play as a plant hive mind, and it was literally everyone has these. Like he was talking about these these cards that talk about your race and that kind of stuff, and give you some background of like how they act and what they their their, their politics and economy, everything. And um, yeah, mine is literally like a plant that shoots its spores onto other planets, and it is a literal. My population is one. It's just the one plant that just acts like that uh, zombie fungus that controls ants. So all of my ships are controlled by other races that I have, like, put a put a plant in their head and they're controlling them. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And the way I picked this race is that the we actually did this for a friend of ours' birthday. She picked her race. She took, like, it was like 10 minutes for her to decide her race. She was reading, like, every single one. And we're like, okay, whatever, you know, we'll take our time. We're just chatting. 
She hands the 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 stack of races to me. I, I just take the top one and put it down on my field and pass it on. Didn't even look. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to take the top one. And it was this plant people. And I was like, I love these. This is the greatest non-choice I've ever made. <laughs> but yeah, a digital version would be great. It'd actually probably be very close to something like Civilization, I would say. I could see it being close. Um, yeah, it, it would be a little more war focused in civilization civilization you certainly can go military um that's as viable strategy as any other strategy in civ but i think it would be more focused on military than civ would be i think i i don't know because like the technical win conditions are get to 10 victory points which early on is not really reasonable to get to them you'll have like these public objectives that are worth one point to get revealed over time and then you start having ones that are worth two revealed and you'll have secret objectives, so getting victory points will have varying pacing, but like once you kind of get about six or so turns into the game, that's when you can see people starting to potentially reliably getting maybe a point every other turn. And Oh yeah, what turn did we end at? Was it like turn five oh, or something? There's three and it was like six hours in. We were in? seven hours in. And I think we ended on turn six. Maybe seven. Okay. Because it was 2 a.m. We're like, we work tomorrow. <laughs> Let's just say the yeah. guy that owns the game that's two points ahead wins. Because, ouch. And there is, of course, the nice little... And also, if your civilization has no functional way to recover, you're out. Like, if you have no way to build more units, and you own no planets, there's some variations of that based on your species that you can get around, but if you just have no way to make movement, you're also out of the game. And those have been the shorter games. I, I think one game that we played that was an absolute bloodbath was maybe five or six hours. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but it was... I've only played this game twice or three times. I Twice, I don't It's remember. probably just twice for you. And the first... Yeah, it could have been twice. Because the first time we played, that was like a... That had to have been over ten hour game. No. You started and, at midnight on New Year's. Mm-hmm. And the girls woke up while we were still playing. It was about so, 8.30 when you guys, like, killed it because people were done. So, okay, eight-hour game. And it ended in a very unsatisfactory way because two people got mad at each other and said everyone said we're quitting. And I was like, but I was about ready to win. I was so close. That was, that was a bad decision. Oh, it was a very, very tired drive for the kids going back. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, pulling an all-nighter and then driving two and a half hours one way. Or one, two hours one way. Four total. I don't know why I said two and a half. I meant to say one and a half, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, so that's that's number three. Yep. Uh, Megatol Rex Simulator. <laughs> um, so, uh, number three for you, Sasha. All right, so I am going to pick another comic book. Um, this mm -hmm. one is called Manifest Destiny, and it came out. It is also an image comic. It published in 2014, ran for about like 45 issues, and it is it is about. Oh, actually, no, it's still going. Um, it is about Lewis and Clark. And they are exploring 
the uh, Louisiana Purchase and going all the way to California. They are led by Sacagawea, but everything is its very uh, supernatural. There's um, a bunch of weird uh, things that they find. Uh, there's actually a plant hive mind like virus thing that is one of the first things that they encounter. Uh, the enemies are called Flora. Um, it's pretty cool. There's just a lot of like, think anything, anything supernatural or, um, I don't know, like, like Bigfoot and Sasquatch, uh, Minotaurs, all of that stuff is, they exist and they're just wild animals instead of normal, like bears and moose and things that you'd find. So I'd like to see that in the style of Red Dead Redemption. There's a buffalo centaur wielding two swords on the cover of one of these things, John. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's... Uh, these are really fun comics. Um, I... I stopped reading them after probably about a year, because I, I don't know what happened. Probably grad school. Um, but Sacagawea is this, like... She's a warrior tracker. Like she's very badass. They would not be making it through there without her, um, whatsoever. And yeah. yeah, so that I think that's probably like my very favorite part of it. Um, to see she's like she's this tiny like little gal, but she's she is the reason that they are surviving. And in typical fashion, yeah. you know, they're they act like normal colonizers. Um, just fists down, chin presented, running into the danger, and she has to constantly remind them of the unknown. The danger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I'd really like to see this kind of like Red Dead Redemption, um, like open world. Um, I'd love to see the the hunting challenges, skinning, all of it. I would love that. Yeah. Um, I could see this as sort of like The Witcher as, as well. Not like The Witcher in the fact that, like, you're specifically out there to hunt the monsters, but, like, The Witcher does have, like, all these side quests. It's like, hey, there's this crazy thing out in the woods. Go find out what it is. Like, I... I yeah, I would love that. Like or, that. you know, you find, like, strangers out there that are... Is this... Is this a ghost? Is this a person who is going to trap me for this weird, crazy, supernatural thing? Or is this person genuinely in trouble and needs your help interesting i like this sort of like alternate history take too that's kind of cool too man that is two comics i'm probably looking into glad to uh fill up your reading list well, i haven't read very many comics um personally i mean the only one i got really into uh, and I made the mistake of my ex, uh, letting my ex uh, borrow the first half of them was the Scooby-Doo Apocalypse I talked about. And, yeah, I'm never getting those back. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that uh, yeah, that looks really cool. <laughs> they're really cool. They're very, uh, and if you like, um, you like gore, they're very gory. I like that, too, so cool art yeah no I'm, I'm i'm here for it and uh chance and i being native american that helps too 
I love seeing the representation there. Um, which brings me to another. Uh, uh, for um, you have more to say on yours before I. No, nope, you are all set to go. Okay, so my next one is also based on a comic, also that centers around Native American, and they started out as comics Turok. I want to see another Turok game because we haven't seen any since the batshit insane remake of Turok that was on. I played this one on 360. It's one of the few games that I played on my 360 that wasn't Halo um, because I love Turok. And they had a really interesting sort of sci-fi take on it where they were like space soldiers on a dinosaur planet instead of what Turok comics really are, which is... um, the guy sort of falls through a hole and it's sort of like a center earth thing. And Turok is fighting dinosaurs in the center of the earth kind of deal. Um, but yeah, that's the way that the original comics are, which are like from the fifties. I always thought they were games first, but it turns out they were comics. Um, yeah, I just want to see Turok come back. Turok's one of my favorite series. I love it. Um, what a badass native American killing dinosaurs. I mean, come on. What? What else could I want? Like, <laughs> I'd like to see them do that, like Far Cry. That could be true. Which is like, basically like Far with Cry the dinosaurs. Primal. Yeah, actually, I've wanted to play Primal. I never did. I I barely touched any of the Far Cries, but like Primal was the one I was like, yes, and I just never did it. I just everyone said it was kind of meh. Anyways, I was just like, ah. But I, I do I do hear good things about Blood Dragon, at least. I think every Far Cry game has been the same since 3, just with slightly upgraded graphics and set in a different environment. So, again, like if you like that type of game, I think you should go for the Primal, because sure. it's dinosaurs and open world, sandbox, okay. violence. Why not? Yeah. But I, I do specifically want to see Turok as well. Like, Turok has always been one of my favorite series. Even I remember um, playing it on the N64 when I was a kid, and it was just so entertaining because um, Charles and I here, our dad got us into stuff like that. My dad's into gore stuff too. So, like, it was really fun to show shooting the guy with a, in the neck with a pistol and, and hitting his carotid artery, and it was spraying, like, 15 feet, and he's like choking and dying We're like, look at this dad and he's like awesome <laughs> and then like he still he still remembers the Turok 2 cerebral bore we talk about that sometimes where did you ever play these uh Sasha the old I remember watching my uncle play Turok on the N64 and I remember like vividly watching him stab somebody with a dagger and having the same kind of reaction of like, Oh my God, I did not know that this was capable <laughs> in a game. <laughs> yeah. There's, Oh man, there was so many weird stuff that would happen. It was like, you'd be surprised by the gore sometimes, even though you were prepared for it. Like I remember the first time I killed uh, a Raptor with an explosive shotgun it just blows off the front half of the Raptor and it's like a, it, it's just walking and wobbling on two legs, just spraying blood everywhere, and then falls down kicking. And I'm like, holy cow! Um, but the cerebral bore was a weapon that would lock onto a creature's head, and it would shoot this whining drill. It's like, and then it would plant in the back of their head and drill, and you could see the the blood gushing out of the back of their head, and it'd get to the brain and then explode. 
And then it just blows off their head. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so Turok is brutal. Um, yeah, and it, uh, the comics didn't seem that brutal as far as, like, the weaponry. I think they toned it up quite a bit for the games, but they weren't, uh, but they were still gory. Uh, I, I had a few of them, um, but a lot of comics in the nineties were kind of gory that were teenage stuff, teenage, uh, focus stuff from what I understand. I wasn't, I've never been a big comic book guy, but that's why I don't know about stuff like saga and manifest destiny. It's things that I'd have been like, Oh, this is really cool. I want to see this. Right. I just, I just, you and Pan are probably the the people that I would know the most that are into comics, uh, other than I guess our friend Marcus. But like he's into DC and superhero stuff, so like that's just boring to me. Like I don't want. I like Batman, but I don't like him that much. <laughs> so uh, all right, uh, so Turok, uh, I just want him to come back, come back, Turok. Um. So, Sean, it's number four for you. Well, we're going to go like to a sidestep of something that just failed. So, I'm very big Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Collected the cards for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. They just had an MMO that failed. <laughs> I don't even know that officially for them even got out of beta before they just pulled the plug and realized they were no, hemorrhaging think... money. <laughs> yeah, I think they... Um, I think it didn't even hit public. Like, I don't think it even got out of the studio like for testing but i would like to see an arpg you know being kind of my my biggest genre of game that i like it is a world that you know we have all of these lovely pieces of story you know they're showing that next year we're going back to a fan favorite kind of japanese mythology spirits and stuff based kamigawa and we're getting a kind of gangster noir set after that next year I didn't hear that. You didn't tell me that. I would love that set. Holy cow. I'm, I'm going to go with you didn't listen. <laughs> oh, okay. But okay. yeah, it's like there's all of these things. And even if you kind of had to put that hat on of you are a planeswalker, you can go between the different worlds. Because that's basically their justification for anyone that can move between worlds is known as a planeswalker unless they have assistance. And it's kind of funny with the recent crossover mm-hmm. with D&D, the, having the D&D set, that kind of made this weird distinction of some of the things they think of as gods in the traditional sense are planeswalkers and some aren't. But, okay, maybe you just have to say a god that can planeswalk has to be a planeswalker, but they didn't do that. I think they functionally made some decisions. Yes. Cat. That were more about <laughs> gameplay than, like, would this be cool for the story? But there's a lot of opportunity. There's in in the game of Magic itself. It has it's bound by the five colors, and a lot of times there's a unique personality that comes up by mixing of the colors. It really only kind of gets muddied if you have all, have four instead of all five, because then it's just usually a pile. which personality trait you don't yeah have versus and it becomes like a pile of the good cards in those colors when you like functionally play. But there's this this neat opportunity that. You could really focus into a color, and that could kind of be your skill trees. Like, um, you know, make a skill tree for each color. Then, if you take some of the defensive stuff in white, maybe it has abilities that unlock. If you're also in red, maybe your healing stuff also blasts back damage at people nearby. 
Whereas maybe a block aspect of that would be draining life when you heal yourself instead. So I, so it'd probably be really complicated. For, li- but. for listeners and, and Sasha, if you're not not big into magic, um, the colors actually have personalities and styles associated with them. So white is like healing and defense and that kind of stuff. Red is aggression and fire and attack. Passion. Um, Green is more about like nature and growth and nurturing. Growth. Uh, You get black, which is about death. Debt. Dealing dealing with uh, paying like blood. Blood price. The blood price. I think greatness at any cost Um, is probably one of the best ways to put black in perspective right and blue is normally centered around intelligence and knowledge and cunning um, and and you know there's enough of the game now that you can really put some even more focused thoughts on what we think combinations of colors are like we have sets that focus on the sets of three colors we kind of have this idea that if you have red white and blue together which usually gets called America, but now they've called it Jeskai the last eight or so years, that it's very, almost like a monastic tradition. You know, it was a monastery that was led by a high monk at some point, and it's about discipline and even potentially enduring pain to gain enlightenment is kind of how they have the red aspect can kind of come in through that, you know, attention to detail and you know, you do need to have fury because you're, what is the phrasing? You're not peaceful if you're not dangerous. You're just useless or something like that. So, yeah, I think there's okay. there's a lot of opportunity to just give you five skill trees and have other abilities change or toggle based on where you've spent other points. And that's something I could definitely see. And you don't just have, like, for people unfamiliar with the game, being a Planeswalker doesn't automatically make you feel like a mage. Everyone has magic, but hmm, a big example of not feeling like a mage is the character that I hate that I'm so happy died in the story, Gideon. He is something known as a law mage for the most part. He very physically strong. He was indestructible to the point like he actually couldn't be hurt. There's some of his hubris gets his friends killed because he taunts a god and, well, he doesn't care because he can't be killed, but his all of his friends around him die. And then he shows up in a card called Tragic Arrogance. And he play he fights with mm. like some whips and stuff and does a lot of like binding and controlling things. And the another side of that too is we have Chandra, who's a traditional fire mage that for the most part doesn't seem very the physically impressive, yeah. but has taken the crown of actually burning some of the biggest bad things in Magic's history, just burning them out of existence. <laughs> she, I, I would describe her as, um, what's his name in Full Metal Alchemist? Mustang? Oh, Colonel Mustang? Clicks and kills me. <laughs> yeah, clicks and burns lust to death. I'm not a big anime fan usually, but that's one that stuck with me is Full Metal. Yeah, and there's... Did you ever... I don't know. Sasha, are you an anime fan? Not really. It's not that I... I don't okay. dislike it. It's just not something I've ever sat down and tried to get into. Although, the Castlevania series on Netflix is very good. 
That's true. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, and you know. Okay, because Pan is. Uh, Pan's a big anime fan. She, she'll recommend them all the time. <laughs> there's also a few other things. Like, there's a big guy who was a big part of the story, Garrick, who's more like a physical brute, and he's just summons beasts, and he hunts for sport as as seeking enlightenment. He's had somebody's story of getting cursed for a while and murdering other planeswalkers. Being controlled. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, you have all this opportunity, you can feel like an archer or something and still have that title, planeswalker. It just means you can use magic to move between the planes. And I just would really like to see that, you know, maybe some star chart nonsense too, because that seems popular. But... I don't, mm-hmm. You know, I'm hopeful, but realistically, no. Like, they just did. Arena has been having a big spike in what they care with. They're making unique cards on Arena for the first time soon, and they just failed that yep. MMO. So I imagine this is a probably never. <laughs> they figured out. Yeah. I'm, although I'm I'm down for more ARPGs. It is, it is our shared favorite genre of games, so. Or, or, or is a, a better descriptor, Diablo clones. So, there you go. Um, all right, so Sasha, what's your number four? All right, so the next idea I had um, was for a book and movie called Annihilation. Um, it is The movie came out a couple years ago starring Natalie Portman. Um, book is written by Jeff Vandermeer. And it is. Uh, do you guys know what it is? I haven't seen the movie with like, but I I listened to um, you know, we we met through the uh, the horror virgin community. Yes. But I I got I got into the horror virgin because of Cinema Sins, and they talked about Annihilation. Yes. Um. Uh, the movie has got some problems. Um, the book I like a little bit. Is this better. the one with like the big tree of life thing that they talk about and the deer and Yes. Yes. It's this place okay. called Area okay. X. Which Area X to me would be a beautiful setting for a video game. Um okay. Yeah, so in the reason I like the book better is that the book leaves it very um unreliable narrator and you almost can kind of plug yourself in as one of the characters because no one is named. Um, they are referred to as their job titles or their roles. So in the, in the book, there's the biologist, the anthropologist, the psychologist, and the surveyor, which sounds to me like classes in a game, right? So, yeah. 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 So I'm kind of thinking, one of two one of two ways um, would be either like an open world style game exploring kind of like Fallout um, because Fallout mm-hmm. is very lore heavy as much as you explore you find a lot of different secrets you've got um, you might find things to your advantage the book uh, the book very much implies that you are not or the biologist that you're following is not the first or the second or the tenth biologist who has gone through area X. So there's, mm-hmm. I think, something to be said about exploring the area to learn more about why you're there and how many people have been there before you. Um, or yeah. I would think this would also be really cool as a Left 4 Dead style game. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yes. That's a hard turn a different direction. Yes. Because, again, I'm thinking this, like, you have these four characters. They all have their specific strengths. There are certain things that need to be done in Area X, depending on where they are. 
Um, so you're going to mm-hmm. have to keep your party members alive. Uh, think like, oh, what was the DLC from the original Left 4 Dead game where you got to get the generator going? Um, I think it might be Left 4 Dead 2 DLC, but it um, you have to get the generator going to open the bridge, um, and it merges the Left 4 Dead 1 and Left 4 Dead 2 teams. So I think something yeah, like that, is, that. Yeah, it's Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. Like panic events like that would be very cool and depending on who you are um you have a certain job to do so i think this would be really cool um the movie visually does have some very awesome uh graphics has very cool settings uh and so i think that that would translate very well to a video game Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what i got for number four that's an interesting one i wouldn't I'm not as familiar with Annihilation because, like, like I said, I only listened to the po- the movie podcast that talked about it. And it wasn't even, like, the Sins video. It was just literally them mentioning it in, like, would we recommend watching this or not? I, is, is, I think if you like science fiction, um, it is worth a watch. I, I would hardly mm-hmm. call it a horror movie, but also I'm kind of dead inside and horror movies don't really scare me. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, see that's 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 where you and I are different. I'm definitely on the virgin side of the horror virgin as far as like scary movies. Like I, I watched uh, what was that the house invasion movie that they did? I can't remember what it's called now, but the the woman's deaf. And... Oh, I love that. That's like a comfort horror for me. Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it, but there was a point. In that movie, I was like, man, I don't want to be watching this right now. Like, this is getting to me. Like, the tension. And then it, get, it turns into an action movie, it feels like, eventually. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm I good. feel like good. that movie could be a game. And I would play that. Like, yeah, like Scary Gone Home. <laughs> it, it'd be an interesting choice because it'd be a game with zero audio. Right? If you're playing from her perspective. Yes. So there's a game that came out um, called... Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you're blind. And you have to, like, click... I do, you have yeah. to click your cane, and so you get, like... It's, like, echolocation the whole time. So you get vibrations through um, to see where you're going. I think it's called Perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember... I remember hearing about this as well. I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember it was. Um, I think it was one of the games nominated for like Games of the Cause uh, in in the Game Awards, um, but I just don't remember its name. Yeah, look it up now. I gotta know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Annihilation. Uh, I'll move on to my uh, number four, and apparently I am still following Chance, but in a different way. Um, so I really got into another card game recently called uh, Flesh and Blood, and it's a collectible card game just like Magic, the trading card game. So, uh, and it's fairly new. It only debuted in late 2019, so it's almost two years old now, um, or is two year old, two years old now, something like that. And uh, I've only been just getting into this. I'm thinking about going to like a, an actual like big tournament and playing here in uh, October. And that kind of stuff. Because it really... Obviously, we both like card games. But he's a little more 
into magic than I am. I have a lot of complaints about magic. I think you uh, complain about the people a lot more than the game itself. That's, that's fair, but it's hard to find people that don't play that way in that game. I think there's literally you and our friend Brian are the people that I enjoy playing with. And that's an attitude thing with them too. There's, there's, and also me, it's also, obviously I'm not perfect. You know, I get a little competitive, but, um, I don't know. I, I it's, it's exciting to be in ground floor into a collectible card game and kind of like this. It's it actually, I like how it plays and that kind of stuff. And what I would like to see is a digital version of this game because I want to learn how to play it better because it is kind of like, it's hard to, it's not hard to learn. I don't think, I think I understand even after just playing one game pretty well the basics there was a few questions we still had uh because johnson and i played against each other with some stuff i got but um there was i i want to see it in the vein of there was an old magic the gathering like tutorial game on the xbox it was on xbox arcade and i really liked that and i would like something that is Sort of like how Gwent does it, where there is this sort of like PvE mode. You play like a bot, you'll learn how to play, then you can go play other people if you like. But I would really like this more... This tool that is really more about learning the mechanics of the game. Maybe some deck building challenges and that kind of stuff. Like, hey, build a deck that does this kind of thing. Or, or that, just so you can sort of exercise your skills in a trading card game like that. Whereas, um, something like, I don't want what what uh, is out there right now that Sean's talked about, Magic Arena, that is literally just the card game where you just play online with people versus in person. And, honestly, that's fine. That's, that's fine for what people want to do. But, like, I would just like to be able to engage in this game a little more often than just hey chance are we playing tonight are we going to play a deck against each other tonight versus sounds like you're describing like gems of war the way that game is set up kind of yes gems of war now that was that was a game i enjoyed for quite a while but i it was funny i got i had just gotten to like a guild that was actually very hardcore and then i that's when i lost interest and I stopped playing the game, just like immediately <laughs> dropped it. Yeah, no, I, I stopped playing because I was in a guild that was very serious. And I'm like, this is a free-to-play game. It It is not that serious. I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's kind of, kind of the attitude I took with it, too. But what, what I would like is more of a PV, PvE experience to sort of learn the extents of what you can do and that kind of thing. Like, th- there's a lot to a trading card game like like magic let's say like the in con- contestant with like fab is what it's called flesh and blood uh fab is very new i don't think it's as complicated as magic in understanding but maybe in play it's a little on the higher end of complexity uh because there's so many things you can do but like magic the problem i have is there's such a large catalog and I have not been in the game. I've been in and out. Like when I had uh, my kids, I couldn't. I dropped the game almost entirely because I was like, I have to cut something out so I have time to deal with the kids. Like I can't just be, you know, out doing what I want all the time. I got kids to take care of now. So 
that's the thing I dropped was magic. And then coming back into it, uh, you know, a few years ago when I got some more free time with my brother, people were playing cards and I'm just like, who, what, that's a thing now? Like, not just like, oh, this card is a thing now, but like this whole concept is a thing now that I missed. Like, what? And then I like I missed out on the whole pirates versus dinosaurs set. Missed a good one. And I'm like, that would have been per that would have been perfect for me. Pirates and dinosaurs, I love that. So like there was just certain things that I just felt like I missed out because like this is an magic is it's fun to get into, but it's an old game and there's a lot to learn if you're gonna get really deep into it. And I I kinda like to go into things and dig into them, but like this one's a little too much for me at times. And so I kind of attached to this new one uh, lately. And I'd like to be able to play it digitally and figure it out for myself. And I'd rather play with people. But, like, in lieu of that, I would like to play against a computer and just learn how to play better. That's all. Kind of like playing digital chess. Learn how to play chess by playing a computer. It takes a good time to get interested in it. Like, this, this came out late 2019, so it's... Kicking through almost mm. only existing during COVID. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's inception during co- like near COVID times is pretty rough for a game. And it it does now. something I, we, we've talked about a little bit that I really like. I am, you know, I have to use the word collector when I talk about magic sometimes because that's what I do also. But I, I just like this idea of flesh and blood that when a set first comes out, you can get like Pokemon language first edition and get different versions of cards. Functionally also the same, but you can note that, like, oh, the foiling process is different on these early cards versus the later ones. So that part of it, I think, is a really cool incentive to be involved with something early, though looking at prices, they are charging more, so it's not just a free roll for being being involved early. No. Yeah, I'm not paying $1,000 for a booster box. It ain't happening. I mean, it's, like, no. double-ish from what I saw for the set that's coming out in late september yeah yeah but i've got a hookup i've got a local game shop guy that i talk about a lot he starts selling cards now and is he gonna give me a discount probably not but that's fine i still buy from him because he won't be more expensive i can guarantee that so yeah so yeah i'd like to see the fab tcg um to play digitally but i i will i think it's funny that I'm suggesting this because the whole reason why it's called Flesh and Blood is because they want the game to be played in person. And that's the whole reason why it's called Flesh and Blood because you play flesh in Flesh and Blood. But that's also why I want it to PVE. I want to be able to learn before I go out and into the event that I'm planning on going to in October. I mean, that way, maybe it would <laughs> just, just like, be hey. good if they were like, okay, we're going to write a small free-to-play video game that is choose one of these two decks you're going to play against the other and it's an AI just explaining its decisions and that's kind of what that old Xbox game did for Magic it taught you like what this thing was I can't remember the name Duels of the Planeswalkers was the stuff that was around before Arena yeah alright so that's my number four uh, so your fifth and final one, John. I feel like I cheated because as much as he's been following me, I kind of end up following him with my last one. I've been playing a uh, card game recently called Weishwartz, which is really funny because if you don't know what it is, it's a German word 
for a Japanese card game based off of anime, which is based about what Americans want to see. So anyway, it, its meaning is like white black, but the the interesting concept is instead of these continuous sets that always interact with each other, each set is basically a different anime show. So people that are familiar with uh big one on Netflix, uh I'm blanking on it. Seven, Seven Deadly, Deadly Sins is something that came out recently. Um mm-hmm. Reincarnated as a slime, I know is something popular between my friends that has a set coming out soon. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure came out. If you're someone who likes sword art, there's like five of those already. Um, the Fate series has quite a few, because there's quite a few Fate series. But it's it started like in 2011, and it's current and going a little stronger. My, my biggest thing with it, as I just started playing, I kind of really enjoy it, and as, as I had to admit to uh, Cham, I think, Thursday last week. Because, like, it's funny that you realize later in life that I've always been a big fan of anime and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, I really enjoy that. It's just unfortunate that I found that probably ten years later than the average person would. And it really cracks me up that it's... Yeah. So it's German, so they actually, when they letter it out, they write it as W-E-I beta. So it kind of looks like it's Zweeb as the first word. And that, to me, is a little bit of extra humor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's such a neat thing. Availability for it is an utter nightmare. Like, we are probably in the 1% because we have two game shops that compete with each other that both sell it. But if you look at a set that is a year old, it's $1,000 for a box of 20 cards. And that's just the price. Because there's two for sale. Anywhere. <laughs> so, it's neat. It's very collectible. And they do this this weird, like, I, I blame Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of for this rarity system of, oh, there's special rare cards and triple rare cards and double rares and all that kind of nonsense. But they go all the way up to this super secret rare thing. Ultra, that is like this... Ultra super secret Omega Death Boom out <laughs> rare. With a... Yeah. Golden signature from the actual voice actor slash actress for that character. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's gonna be as gonna be as someone who it's likes to collect the shinies becomes... and I've opened two of those already. The, the golden ticket aspect is, is something that appeals to me. But I say all that to say I want it to be a a cart a uh, video game version because the availability is just a nightmare. Like if you want to play something like Attack on Titan. Your minimum buy-in is $1,000 just to get enough stuff. And you're only playing, like, 50-card decks. And you don't necessarily need to get high-rarity stuff. There is some limitation of, like, hey, you want some, like, biggest cards to be able to, like, win the game at the end. And those tend to have to at least be rare in order to be, like, the level 3 cards. But it's, it's something really neat. I've enjoyed it. It's something kind of casual. I played with one or two friends. But... You know, looking to this as longevity, this is a game I feel like I have to kind of splurge spend like I like to do on Magic when these sets are new because you just can't mm-hmm. get them. You know, our official distributor for the area is the local video game store that we like really well. And when I asked them stuff about, like, what can you do after a set comes out, and they said, uh, nothing. They can pre-order what they can pre-order, and that's mm-hmm. about it. So. Yeah. And but we are so 
we are also in a smaller city in Ohio, not in like Columbus or something. But yeah, and then the card shop gets a bit more in because they probably use other distributors, but it's just this weird mm-hmm. it's neat. I just kind of got into it. Thankfully there was a show Data Live that I liked well enough that came out earlier this year and the truth is unless I order stuff online, I'll probably never get anything I don't already have for it. Aside of it has a supplemental set, I think that comes out in December now. But yeah, it's just I would love to see this online just as an availability thing, and I would really like to see it more as I don't know if it would be cool to like here's the base game, and if you want to play with this set of cards, maybe pay your five dollars and be done with it, or if it would just be nice to be pay fifty sixty dollars. No tournament play comes from this, but you have access to the game to at least play it if you want to play it. Because I'll collect the cards in physical because I, I like to do that. I like opening cards. I like that searching for the shiny aspect. But, you know, I have other friends that are interested that their, their follow-through is questionable a lot of the time, but I'm not going to blame them if they want to build a card deck that we might kind of play and they're looking, staring down the horn of $2,000 to try. I guess it's rough. Yeah, no. No, that's that's too much of a buy-in for anything. $2,000? No way. Speaking of like, which, um, so we found, uh, so the uh, ongoing story with us, Sasha, my brother and I, is, I got the PS5, as you can oh. see. <laughs> it wasn't easy to get. We found one. Oh. We found one, and um, it's called Aaron's. I don't know if you have Aaron's. Is there a furniture store? That does sound familiar, but I've not been to one. They seem more like a rent-to-own, okay. the pricing they had on stuff. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I went in there because I am looking for a recliner. That's that's something I want to get as a, as a recliner. And um, they didn't have one anywhere close to what I would have wanted. So, in there, and on their desk, they have a PS5. And I'm like, is that for sale? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, I looked at the price tag. One thousand five hundred and seventy-seven dollars. It was more. Than I was that. Like, it was one thousand seven hundred. You know, I, uh, or, or okay, maybe I got the five and seven switched, but uh, yeah, it was. I, I, and I looked at the guy, and I was like, you know, that's more than triple the price, right? And he was like, I don't put the price on it, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever. I get, I'm not getting there's, that. There's just something, I don't know if it's venerating or almost like toxins sieging out of your body, but to be like, huh, Aaron's is a worse bad guy than the scalpers that have been doing this since it came out. <laughs> they, they've priced it like they bought it from the worst scalper price they could have and then got their markup on it. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the monthly payment or something, because it was like five hundred something dollars for like the monthly payment, and it's like it's more than my brand new one... blazer, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just we, we've seen some funny things, but now that the oof, oof. now um, have you been able to get a hold of a Series X yet or not? No, and but I mean, I'm not I'm not looking that hard. I work like 50 hours a week, so I'm not really looking to spend like a thousand or more on something that I don't have time to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, I would definitely go for it. what is 
is it 600 is supposed to be the uh, msrb i think so and then you're gonna have to get i I had read that you're gonna have to get the external hard drive as well if you want to do really anything so you're really looking at more like 750 800 startup price yeah which i mean i i want to say that that's how much i spent roundabouts when i bought the new xbox the last time it came out Fair. And all I played was fucking Pagel and Dead Rising, so I guess uh, uh, you know what though, Pagel's fun. I'm not gonna lie, not, I played Pagel not a long fun. time. Not eight hundred dollars. No, fun. that's true. That's true. But I do want to give it some credit. I did. I did play a lot of. It was actually on the PS4 as well, I think, and I actually ended up playing it quite a bit. Like I was like, this is kind of fun. I don't know why. It fun. is a lot of fun, and I I played a ton of it. But I just I remember like being very mad at myself, but not wanting to admit it that I spent that much money to just still play like New Vegas on my 360 instead. Yeah, I mean I have that problem with my PS5 now. I bought a bunch of PlayStation 4 games to play on it. Now, there's a bit of a difference there. It doesn't have shit load times. Like the PS4 did. The PS4 was terrible for load times. So I'm actually playing a game that I wanted to play before, but I was like, no, I don't want to deal with 10 minutes of load time. But um, yeah, there's just not a lot on, on either system right now anyway. So, but yeah, that was a, that was a fun story we, we ran across this week. Um, so why Schwartz, the digital game uh, is, is yours. And then uh, what's your last well, your fifth one, because you might have some honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. All right, so my last one okay. is I was thinking that I would really love to play something that's like Saints Row, but uh, not quite like the the gang genre, but sure. the like cartoonish, very funny, um, like does not take itself seriously, knows exactly what it is type of game. And mm-hmm. the way that I would like to play this would be like what we do in the shadows or Wellington Paranormal. <laughs> oh, now I have not seen the show, but I love the movie. The movie is amazing. It's, yes, that is. That's my go-to if I'm having you know like you've just had the worst day ever and you need to you you just need to belly laugh at something. I watch. I I love the TV show for that. Um, yeah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Super excited! I think it. I think the new season starts next week, so I am. I'm very excited. now. What is that on? Who I watch on Hulu, Cause... but it's on FX. Mm, okay. Yes. So I would love to see. Um, so they also have on HBO uh, Max Wellington Paranormal, which is a spinoff of what we do in the shadows, and you are uh, you're following the police officers who oh in, no and it's it, it's not set in new york like the tv show is it's set in new zealand like the movie so oh okay i would kind of like to see something like that and i'm even kind of thinking like very funny and not so serious like saints row but maybe along the lines of like la noir style with using um, the police officers Ooh. and kind of investigating the city and you have this open world sandboxy thing and you have different types of mini games to play 
And maybe those might be related to the different types of supernatural characters. Because this would be werewolves and vampires and demons. And so I think that would be cool. I I like this idea. I like that movie quite a bit. Now, I haven't seen the show, but that movie cracks me up. Uh, uh, an old friend and co-worker of mine suggested it to me. And he's like, no, no, you're going to love this. Oh, yeah, don't mind. That's my dog. But um, th- I watched it. I was like, I was like, I don't know. This doesn't sound like my thing. Like, it's not, you know, like, oh, okay, sure. And I watched it and I loved it. But like, L.A. Noir was a game I loved up until the end. Well, not until the end. I just don't like Cole. I hate the tragic hero that they always do. The... Yeah, I didn't like him either, but I did love L.A. Noir because I, I like murder mysteries yeah. and I, I don't know. I loved the chef's kiss to the golden age of Hollywood. But I think yes. that this would be a really fun and very funny game to play if it was had the same type of writers um, that are doing the show, both of the shows. Same humor. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, there was something about one of the werewolves ended up trying to pee on something and he's like, God, Terry or something like that. Don't do that here. Have some, have some distinction. There's, <laughs> there's like... an episode in the show. I think it's in season two where they have, uh, they have like a street fight with the werewolves and they, yeah, yeah they bring weapons and they, um, one of them chooses like just like a dog ball and throws it off of the side of the building and the werewolf jumps off after it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. Oh man. That's a good one. I, I like that. Yeah. I love, I, I need to watch that. I need to watch that show. We didn't have Hulu until very recently. So I need to watch that. You need to watch it immediately. The, the show had Matt Berry on the show is, it's it's perfect. I I have no other words. It's perfect. Okay. Yeah. No. I I'm I'm down. And I like the L.A. Wars. I liked that game quite a bit. Um. It's uh, it's it's unfortunate that it got so railed critically after a while. And I hate Cole as a person. Like. Everything about Cole is just sleaze after after a while, and I wish that things that was that were groundbreaking for La Noir had carried over in some way, like the facial, all the facial feedback stuff. Oh was yeah, so yeah. so cool. Um, I wish that there were things like that in newer games. Yeah, no, the facial stuff they really heavily advertised that. Unfortunately, people memed the heck out of the bad looking ones but then again people have bad look like looking facial expressions all the time that wasn't well i i feel like it's people want to pick out the bad stuff to complain instead of focusing on the positives of it and they sunk so much money into the facial technology like that and then for people to shit on it of course nobody wants to pick it up and do it again Fair, yeah. No, I, I, I was very excited for that game. Um, like I said, the story and Cole, not so much, but like the actual gameplay of it, being a detective, like trying to figure out if they're lying, 
like searching for clues and picking that stuff up. I I loved all of that. I liked how it was sort of like you could replay a mission to get a better grade to get like the correct answer. I always like that too because they have this idea of the way that like you're supposed to play it, but you could do it wrong too. Like I don't know how many times and it was funny if you messed up because I remember like there was this this time and I guess it was one of the memes too. It's like uh I I I doubt it or or I thought that it was a lie when I should have doubted. You know, that distinction wasn't always the best in that game. So like when you think that but when you accuse them of lying versus doubting them, Cole just goes bonkers on them. He's like this little girl or something talking about her mom. She was like 12 or 14 or something. And Cole's just yelling at her like, you did it. You killed her. And she's just like, ah, almost like, no, Cole, why? That's not what I wanted to do at all. I feel like I need to play that game again and be deliberately obtuse because I was way too serious playing and did not get anything. I didn't see any cutscenes like that, but I think it would be more fun. You, you could find it. I'm. I've seen them on YouTube where like Cole just goes like, if you pick the wrong thing, it feels wrong. Like Cole's response feels wrong. It's like, whoa, Cole, take it back. Like, come on. Like he's such an asshole when you're wrong. It's so, it's so unnerving. But other than that, great game. I loved it. Um. But yeah, I, I love the. I love this idea. Gosh, I kind of wish this happens now. <laughs> um, so my last one is from a book series that I listen to quite regularly. Although I haven't been listening to books as often. I still need to finish that Witcher book that, that Pan got for me. Um, but uh, Hard Luck Hank. <laughs> and Hard Luck Hank... Now, I know Charles is laughing because this guy's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um uh, what, what was the I'm gonna look it up now but hard luck Hank is such a it's it's like a like a noir set in space but it's on a space station called Belleville and if it's like if you think about like futuristic sci-fi stuff it's kind of like Star Wars and the fact that like everything's already established as spacefaring it's not like this is some new sci-fi space station this is like Literally, it feels like someone's old beater space station that they're trying to keep alive. And there's this city called Belleville on the space station. And he's a private detective uh, that works on this space station. And it's talk. It's it's narrated in first person from Hank's perspective. And Hank is a mutant. And he is a mutant a la in the ways of Wolverine. He can't take damage to die. Right? So he, he heals. But unlike Wolverine, he doesn't just magically heal back. He heals back with scar tissue. And the scar tissue compounds and compounds until he gets too heavy. Um, so I want... <laughs> Hard Luck Hank cracks me up. I'm actually going to look up uh, the names of these. Oh, yeah, I, I remember you saying like it, it matters he gets the scar tissue because it actually gets heavier. Scar tissue weighs more. <laughs> yes, just... he he actually gets to a point where he can't walk, if I remember correctly. Like he can't he can't physically walk um, because he is so heavy. Oh, that's rough. 
Hey, there we go. All right, all right. I'm going to find all the Hard Luck Hank titles. I... Sorry. So, <laughs> so what style of game are you thinking Hard Luck Hank is going to be? I want this to be a Mass Effect uh, with a little bit more of the dialogue tree focus than the action focus. Um, I know Mass Effect is, is, I do want it to be more of a Bioware game where you do get to do stuff because he is a mercenary. He does end up having to get in fights quite a bit and that kind of stuff. But really his biggest strength is his way to talk to people and negotiate. He actually calls himself a negotiator instead of a, um, instead of a private detective, but he really is a private detective. So th this um, actually would be pretty cool with a Paragon Renegade system to kind of decide what, what style of Hank are you. Right. And even though, but Hank, <laughs> Hank himself is a bit of a oddball. So I, I was going to say the, the, just the titles, I'll just read the titles of these books that I've, that I've listened to so far. And it'll give you an idea of the way these books go. Because they are comedic in, in a lot of ways, but they are also sci-fi fantasy. So, Hard Luck Hank, Screw the Galaxy. Then Basket Full of Crap. Then The Prince of Suck. Then Stank Delicious. Um, then Suck My Cosmos. Robot Farts. And then Dumber Than Dead. <laughs> Is just the names of the books throughout the series. And like... Stank Delicious is about when he becomes a professional, like, uh, um, what do they call it? Some sort of per, uh, professional sports player. Then suddenly this sport comes out of nowhere, and he's a professional member of the team. And it has, like, such these odd time skips. It's like, last time you saw Hank, he was just a nobody. He was a negotiator. And now he's, like, the general of the space station and leading the army. And, like, he's just, like... It's just like an episode, like a episode of the week style, like book series, but they all matter in some way of the, like the previous things, but he just jumps to these weird positions in his life. And you're like, what, what, how? And there's all these crazy characters that you could have that are like, so that's one of the things Mass Effect does really well is they have really cool aliens, right? Like really cool interactions with different aliens and their cultures and that kind of stuff. There's an alien that are literally essentially talking they're not talking. They are electrically charged gas forms. And the only way they can talk is if they integrate themselves into a computer or a device of some sort. So he has one of these uh, electrical like fog life forms as a friend that is pseudo his personal taxi driver later on in the series. So he'll call on him. He has a cyborg butler. Um, and there's a like a, there's like a, one of the one of the books is dealing with his girlfriend that he's dating as a movie star that is involved in a murder or something. So it's like it's just like a murder mystery episode. And his girlfriend somehow involved, and he's trying to figure out that and why he's dating a movie star. No one knows because he's just hard luck Hank, right? He's just like this idiot on this spaceship that is a mutant. 
Oh, and uh, you when you stepped away, you missed the part about his mutation because he's not Wolverine, he but he is, so he heals, right? So he can't really be hurt, but he get he gets still get hurt. But instead of healing back like a person or like Wolverine, he heals back with extra scar tissue. And so every time he gets hurt, he creates more scar tissue. So he ends up being massive eventually. He isn't very like he isn't like he's strong, but he's not strong enough. He ends up being like thousands of pounds eventually. And it's not because he's fat. It's because he's all scar tissue. (laughs) And he's just uh, a lot of funny stuff about his weight. His pants fall down constantly, stuff like that. Where he's like, he's like, oh, I like he was like in a gang fight or something. And all the people were like, oh my God. It's like, what? I just shot a guy. Nothing wrong with that. You guys shoot guys all the time. No, your pants are down, Hank. Oh. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's just... I love the the sense of humor this has, and I think it would translate well into sort of like a Mass Effect game. And I would like to see like the interactions with the people, because there's interesting characters um, throughout like his, his like a- array of friends. I can't remember his name, but his robot butler is like superman essentially this butler is like it can do everything and it and not only is it his butler but it's also his boss and it can change personalities on the go and be like okay i'm talking to you as your boss now hank you can't do that but then he'll immediately switch to the butler and like console him for getting Getting berated by his boss and stuff. Like, I love it. As you're describing this, I could also see this being, like, the Maniac Mansion games. Um, Secret of Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle. Yes. Yes, it could very well be, like, a point-and-click adventure. The only problem is with the point-and-click adventure stuff, there isn't a lot of combat, whereas there are a lot of fights in this. Um, I feel like you could maybe even marry, like, a turn-based combat system into that. Sure. Yeah, like the one of the grid tactic ones. Yeah, I could see that too because they do describe that pretty well, especially in um Stank Delicious when he's part of this. I can't remember the the something team. I don't know what it is. It's some weird sport game they come up with. It's like football or something like that. He's part of the team. It's just funny. He meets like super intelligent aliens. He meets like a space god once that like can grant people wishes. It's just like insanity and i love it i love the books and i just i just want to see a game of it i think um it's it's kind of funny it's written by a guy named stephen campbell which isn't the stephen campbell from like the dead rising stuff or like not dead rising sorry is it evil dead steve campbell bruce campbell bruce campbell there you go no relation to him but stephen campbell yeah so I, I love it. I want to. I want to. I want to see. I want to see a game of this. <laughs> so um, that is that is uh, all fifteen that we have tonight. But uh, did you have some honorable mentions that you were wanting to talk about? Um, or I'll go. I'll go really fast. Like no in depth. Just this was what else was on my list. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking The Shining in the style of Layers of Fear. Like Kubrick Shining as well. Um, I was thinking um, a Hitman-style game, but with Elektra or Black Widow. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I was also thinking, um, so there's this novella by George R.R. R. Martin called Night Flyers, and they just, they made it into a sci-fi series. It's not very good. Um, the book is much better. But in uh, the novella, mm-hmm. what it's about is you're, there's a potentially a ghost in the AI system of a spaceship. It's either a ghost or a virus, yeah. and you're not, okay. like... The narrator is not quite sure what's going on, and the pilot of the ship is unseen the entire time. He only hollow projects himself, so it adds to the mystery. Hmm. So I would like to see, um, oh, and there's like psychics as well. So there's like psychokinetic fighting happening, but I'd like to see this like alien isolation. Um, The ship attacks people in the book. So... I would like okay. to see that. Um, and then some literature things I had on my list was some Philip K. Dick stuff, either Crack in Space or Android's Dream of Electric Sheep done as like a CRPG or a Telltale style game. Okay. And The Island of Dr. Moreau done like Mist. Oh, okay. I could see that. Yes. I have not seen that movie, but I've heard a lot of it. And yeah, I could see that. Yes. So that was my, th- those were the other things on my list. Hmm. Okay. Um, a shining one. I feel like that, that could easily be made into a horror game for sure. So yeah. if uh, the second layers of fear, there are nods to the shining in it. You just have to look <laughs> okay. real close. Then that's how they jump scare you if you look real close. No, it's not. It's not even. Yeah, it's not. They're not jump scares that are nods to The Shining, but things like if you're if you're yeah. a, a cinephile, you would you would recognize the Easter eggs. No, I understand that. I'm just saying it, it. Like that's why I don't like to look close at those kind of games because that's when they try to scare you. So you do like, oh, here's this lull. Nope. Nope. I'm not. I don't do very well with scary stuff sometimes. So, <laughs> I think you could handle layers of fear. That one, it's just a walking simulator. It's just a scary walking simulator. <laughs> okay, it's like a haunted house Maybe. fair or something. <laughs> uh, we, you know, I was thinking about this because, like, we've been trying to think of episode ideas because it's been kind of slow on the news uh, lately, aside from the the Blizzard stuff. Although I did see more news about Blizzard. <laughs> Supposedly they destroyed evidence and are saying they didn't. And oh boy. But there's not much else to say other than that. It's a, it's a, the lawsuit people said they did that and they're saying they didn't. So who knows until it's proven. So, but it doesn't look good. <clears throat> but yeah, so in October, I think we should do as like a Halloween because we've never done a Halloween episode. We never have. We've d- done episodes in Halloween but we never like did one about scary games. So I'd like to do a scary game episode, like our favorite scary games or games that scared us or something <laughs> like that, because I don't have a lot of fa- scary games, but uh, there are games who have scared me. Well, I think we could do, we could do like a scary games or scary moments in games, because there are games that are not like explicitly horror games that have scary things happen in them. Sure. I mean, I, I've played Dead Space. I think that's about the scariest one I've played. As You've played as Dead Space specific. and you're telling me you are too afraid to play Layers of Fear? I didn't say I was too afraid. 
I said I was wary. Okay, but you played <laughs> Dead Space? Yeah, no, that's a scary game. Yeah. Yep. I haven't finished Dead Space, but I've played Dead Space. <laughs> I have it on PC. I don't know. Like, a lot of people that I know, um, Ace, who's associated with the show, uh, he, he it's one of his favorite games. Um, you know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of people that I know that really love those games, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'll try it. And I did. And, then, you know, it, it, it got me a couple times, but... Eventually, I, but I already knew the gimmick, cut off the legs or, or the limbs, essentially. I already knew the gimmick, so I was just like, okay, and I'm really decent at shooters, so I was just like, bap, bap, all right, I'm done, move on. Like, I just, but there are still scary moments, yeah. So, yeah, I think we should do that down the road, but we'll figure it out for next week. I don't think there's anything big on the docket as far as, like, news or anything like, like that that we got to really cover next week, but we'll figure something out, and hopefully Pan will be, be back and feeling better for sure. So uh, thanks, Chance, for uh, filling in. Um, thanks for brainstorming with me on a on an idea that was was better than survival of the company apocalypse. <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't think of something. I mean, you already know I was going to talk about Bioware. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They were mm-hmm. going to survive the apocalypse. You know what? I if it, it, it just to get into this now, I was like, I was thinking like, what companies would have to like? Well, I was thinking of in, in like, obviously Blizzard is gone, right? They can't survive. They're they're, they're gone. Well, Todd Howard like, is on my shit list right now because of another Skyrim coming out and not Elder Scrolls Six. So Bethesda doesn't survive. Sorry. What? That hurts because Doom is under that Bethesda umbrella now. Well, you can thank Todd Howard because he's only released Skyrim for the last ten years. It's fair. It is. It is Todd Howard. It is. It is his game. Gosh, I remember being excited for that, and I was like a newly married person over over ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, because it's a ten year anniversary this year. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why he's releasing another another version of it. Although allegedly I get a free upgrade because I already have the special edition of Skyrim. Either way, I just want Elder Scrolls 6. I want him to work on something else, please. Oh, I didn't tell you. I started up Elder Scrolls 1 to see how it was recently. Like, OG. And was it painful? 19... 19- it was super painful. I also started up old Ultima. And if you're not familiar with the Ultima series, it was kind of along the same vein. Um, the graphics are literally the lines. Like, there's no color. It's just white lines that make shapes. Like, the bat is just a drawing, a white line drawing of a bat on a back background. It was uh, interesting. So, yeah. So, again, thanks, Chance, for filling in. Um, uh, thank you. Sasha for coming as always and uh, we'll we'll wrap it up for uh, for tonight and we'll figure out something for next week because again not a lot going on right now none of us are playing in, you know, like Chance and I've been playing Diablo mostly although we both kind of had a discussion today we're done we did everything all we could again because we've been playing the same game for years done in two weeks so we got to find something else to play 
So yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is uh, Fortwine slash Cham at <laughs> uh, Hunters Hub Pod on Twitter and uh, Twitch here, and um, be sure to join our Discord. Uh, we've been a little quiet on the Discord lately. Um, some we've been talking some. I was trying to get a hold of the Doom 2016 uh, soundtrack, but apparently that's a controversy that recently had some light as well. So, because <laughs> uh, Mick Gordon and, and Bethesda have not been playing well together. So, yay. Um, but we'll see you guys next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, have a good night. Bye.